Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message from our special guest minister. Thanks for tuning in today. We're expecting to hear from you, Father. Yes, 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 we are. And we say, have your way, have your way, have your way. Hallelujah. You only dare to say, have your way, when you know that he's good. Amen. You don't dare to say, have your way, when you don't know him. Because then you don't know what he's going to do. And then there'll always be that part of you that, oh, gee, I wonder what, what's happening and, and all that kind of thing. But Father, because we know you, and because we know your word, and because we know the spirit of God, we dare say, have your way. And in and, 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 and these two services, Father, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're expecting. And where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. And so we are declaring liberty to hear. We are going to be quick to hear and quick to obey. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. Go ahead and be seated, everybody. Good morning. Very excited to be here with all of you. Um, I'm, I've had this part uh, of the globe in my heart for about two years, and that's when I started being in touch with Miss Vicky. I'm so glad that there are still pastors who hear from the Spirit of God how services ought to be. Amen. 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 And, and, uh, and, 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 you know, the word says that unless the Lord builds a house, you labor in it in vain. You know, that, that tells me that there are people laboring in situations that are going to lead to nothing. And if I'm going to labor in anything, I want to know that it's going to produce something because I come to find out that God isn't so much interested in whether I'm busy or not, but He is interested in whether I'm fruitful or not. And a lot of people are busy bearing no fruit. But when you think about it, really when you think about it, when you look at any fruit tree, and trust me, I grew up in the city, so I know very little about fruit trees. All that I know about fruit, I learned from the supermarkets. Amen. That's all you need to know, you know. Um, um, but, 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 but when you think about it, really, the, the only thing that a fruit tree does to produce fruit is to stay planted. Yeah, it's the soil and it's the weather and it's everything else that produces everything else. The tree just has to stay where it's supposed to stay. And so there is power in staying where God has planted you. You know. Uh, and the winds may come and the waves may come, but if you stay where God has planted you, well, then it won't be long before fruit season come. Right. Yeah. Amen. And so, 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 so I'm, I'm, I'm endeavoring in my life and in my ministry and for all those that are associated with us to stay where God has planted me and stay on, stay on the path that God has given me. I have two services with you, um, um, uh, which kind of makes me happy and kind of makes me sad. It makes me happy because I'm going to need more than one it makes me sad because I'm going to need more than two. <laughs> so somewhere in between that, um, I want you to come tonight expecting and let's believe, God, I know how services run. You, you, you know, uh, Sunday mornings, you have to beat everyone else out to lunch. I understand that. <laughs> it's about priorities. But then Sunday night, <laughs> Sunday night, then we have a little more time because then... You know, we can go out and eat afterwards. Amen. I have the great privilege um, of traveling into many places and pastoring and working with many ministers at the same time. Uh, I also have the great privilege of um, having many ministries associated with us over there in Asia. 
Uh, but I tell you this that's been in my heart for the longest time. Uh, in 2015, I was in your neighboring state, Minnesota, preaching there. It really was at Pastor Mac and Lynn's church. And I would go there. Um, I still go there, actually, and do an annual week-long revival-type meeting. But in 2015, I was getting ready to go down to church and preach. And they have a hotel right by church, just like you guys got a hotel right by church here, you know. Uh, and I had a visitation of the Spirit of God, like none I've had in a while. And what's so real to me, uh, as you all are sitting in front of me right now, and the Spirit of God told me that there is a fresh wind of the Spirit of God blowing across the earth. And this fresh wind, he said as it blew, would rejuvenize and reactivate uh, those manifestations talked about there, those nine manifestations talked about there in 1 Corinthians 12. And those in the right mix would reactivate and reposition and reestablish those ministry offices talked about there in Ephesians, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the evangelist. Uh, uh, and, 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 and did you know that every gift that God gives is good? Because he doesn't have any bad gifts to give. Plus, if it were bad, it wouldn't be a gift. And, and, so, and, so, and so gifts, in order to be enjoyed and in order to be appreciated, have to be received. If you had to work for a gift, it would not be a gift. Uh, and so aren't you thankful that our Father has gifts for us? And so I want to encourage you with this. And this is just, I'm saying all of this just to say good morning, and then we're going to get to this morning's message. So listen fast. I'm used to speaking fast because in many places that I go speak, I have an interpreter with me. I'm ashamed to say that even though I've been in Indonesia for 20-some years, English is actually the only language I speak. So don't come up to me after the service and rattle off in Chinese or something. I don't speak any of those languages. Don't, don't even try, don't come up with Korean or Japanese or any of those oriental languages you think you speak. I don't speak none of them. Thank you for that. <laughs> I appreciate you getting that joke. Um, uh, and, and what I've noticed around the world is that the church of Jesus Christ is hungry for what's real. I'm hungry for what's real because I'm not going to give my life and my time. I'm not going to wake up on a Sunday morning, get dressed, drive halfway around uh, across town just to come and hear some guy give a motivational speak. I don't need to do that. I could turn onto YouTube and have that. I don't, I don't need to, but, but there is something about the body of Christ coming together that facilitates the room for the move of the Spirit of God. That's the corporate anointing that we have to get back into. That's one of the main reasons for church. And so recently, God's been talking to me about the difference between suddenlies and immediately. See, too many of us are believing for immediately's but God's in the business of giving out suddenly. What's the difference? And immediately is now. A suddenly is when you're not expecting it. Turn to Acts 2. Let's just go there for a little bit. We've got a little bit of time this morning. So I said all of that about the interpreter to tell you this. The reason why I speak so fast is because when you preach with an interpreter, you lose half your time. See? 
So I'm trained to speaking fast because then the interpreter catches up with whatever I'm trying to say and, and, and get over with it. But the Lord's really helping us with that. In fact, um, just 10 days ago, um, I'm on radio and TV in a lot of places over there. And just 10 days ago, we launched our first all English radio program on one of the top radio programs, so, uh, one of the top radio stations over there in, uh, in Indonesia. Uh, and so that just started. That just started last week, I think, was uh, Tuesday or Thursday, something. And it thrilled me that for the first time over there, I would speak without an interpreter. You know, it, I, it, was, it's, it was such an experience for me. That, that, so uh, all kinds of radio and TV. Yeah, you know, radio and TV and everything else, all of that is good simply because you get to have a voice, an, an, an additional way to air your voice. You found X2 yet? Okay. Acts 2, come on, Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Now, so, see, now, this, this little prayer meeting here in Acts 2, it started out because Jesus told them to go to Jerusalem and wait. See? But then look at how the next verse goes. It says, and suddenly. Well, listen, the suddenlies happened because they were in position. You've got to position yourself for the suddenlies. You think about this now, that when, when Jesus ascended, there was a couple thousand people. But by the time this prayer meeting came up, there was only 120 of them. And the crowd kind of dwindled a little bit. But, the, but those who hung on, those who stayed put, those who stayed planted, they qualified for the suddenlies. And I declare to you that there are suddenlies yet coming to the body of Christ. All across this earth, there are suddenlies yet God has prepared for us, and the suddenlies come upon those who are waiting for those suddenlies. So whatever you're believing God for this morning, hold on, God has suddenlies come for you. Get your eyes off the immediatelies, because the immediatelies are in, are, in are in the natural always. But the suddenlies, boy, they come by the Spirit of God. Hmm. Romans 10. Anyway, I said off that to say good morning. So good morning said, thank you pastors for having me. I have so, listen, I've so enjoyed, I have so enjoyed getting to know your pastors. Come to find out we know a lot of the same people, run, run around a lot of, of, of the same, it's good to be in your company. Did you know that? Yeah. It's good to be in your company. I, I want to be with people who can encourage me and push me along the right way, you know. So Romans 10. We're going to look at this a little bit. Teach more in the morning, and then we'll have a little more time in the evening to run around a bit. Romans 10, this basic principle, we're going to see this. For with the heart, Romans 10 and verse 10, and this ought to be highlighted and underlined and ripped out in your Bible and stuck on every wall in your room. For with the mouth, for the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And of course, when you believe unto righteousness, nothing is, with, nothing is withheld from the righteous. Yes? I mean, you could even ask, go ask somebody who doesn't go to church and say, hey, do you think that God answers the prayer of the righteous? And they'll tell you yes too. You understand? So, so this, this is a potent, potent little phrase that you can believe unto righteousness. Because when you believe unto righteousness, nothing is withheld from you. Aren't you glad that he became our sin, that we might become his righteousness, the righteousness of God in Christ? 
Yeah, so we qualify because of what He's done for us. Love this, love this, love this. But it says here that we believe unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto. So then notice this beautiful working of what you believe in your heart and what you say with your mouth. This message should never get old to us. I said this message ought never get old to us, that, you, that the words of your mouth count for something. In fact, the truth is the word of your mouth count for everything. Because if you can believe unto righteousness, and righteousness meaning right standing with God, why, why that's everything right there. That's everything right there. So this is the power of our believing and our speaking. Really, that's what faith is. You are speaking what you believe, and you're believing what you speak. So God has, the, 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 scripturally and spiritually, God is of the position that when you open your mouth, you believe what you say. Now, let me give you an example uh, 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 real quick, and I'm going to move fast this morning. So you're going to listen fast with me, right? Good. I'm, I'm going to run through some scriptures and show you how fast something can happen when you're waiting on him. That's kind of a paradox, because you're waiting and yet it's going to happen fast. Uh, I think part of the process of waiting on God is not so much waiting on his timing, but that it prepares us to receive his timing. Because did you know that God was always ready and is always ready and will always be ready? <sighs> Boy, I feel like telling you a demon story. Would you like a demon story? Is it too early on a Sunday morning to have a demon story? <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know that you want me to preach a demon story. I could tell it to you, but... <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I grew up in Singapore, um, really, first one in my family to be born again. Uh, got born again reading Brother Hagen's little book, I Went to Hell, a little red one, you know, and uh, would, get, would get his magazine every month, and, and then I ordered whatever tape series was on sale that month. Remember when, remember when all we had was tapes, cassette tapes? My boys don't know what cassette tapes were. Oh. And that kind of irritated me. I sulked for about three days. Uh, and, but then I saw, I saw that God has plans within our plans. And God has plans beyond our plans. And, and, and it's important for us to recognize that. Uh, because when, when we don't, when we don't understand and we don't accept that beyond our plans, God has plans, then we think our plans are all that there is. In fact, even with, even with praying people, and I like talking to praying people a lot because praying people are the ones who get things done. Even with praying people, uh, even in our praying, that you know it is, but it is not our prayers that get things done. Our prayers are when we accept that God has plans for that situation and we declare that. But, but God always had plans for the, that situation. Our praying is simply our acceptance and our acknowledgement and our announcement. God, you have a plan for this situation. You have a plan for my body. You have a plan for my finances. You have a plan for my relationships. You have a plan for my business. You have a plan for this. And I'm asking you, flood this situation with your plan. But before that, he already had that plan. Well, that's why Ephesians tells us that he can do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. So my asking and my thinking was not when God started doing. 
Aren't you glad that God isn't limited by my asking and my thinking? Now, he asked me to ask. But the reason he asked me to ask is so that after I ask, he can do more than I ask. That's why, so I'm, I'm setting the standard, and no matter where I set the standard at, he goes a little bit beyond that. And so ask big, you know. Ask big. Ask big. Might tell you about later this evening, if we have time, about some situations that happened to me in the past three weeks that reorientated how I look at nations and how we can believe for nations. But all of that starts right where you are. Uh, whatever you're believing God for, ask big. And, and big for you might not be big for me, and big for me might not be big for you, but, but whatever big is for you, ask big. Amen. All right, let's, let's, let's go a little bit on this now. Genesis 12. We're going to go through quite a bit of Scripture this morning. Is that okay? Yes. I had this on my heart come up. We want you to see this 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 concept of suddenly and immediately. Because I'm really believing that God has suddenlies yet for the earth. And, and, and you and I, we get to be a part of it. You know, sometimes people get caught up in what they think is an end time discussion. You know, when, when do you think Jesus is coming back and, and, and what about this and what about that and all that other. Hey, can I put this to you? Regardless of when you think the end times are, which... Scripturally, we are kind of in the end of the end times because Acts 2 tells us we're already in the end times. So Acts 2 was 2,000 years ago, so now we're kind of in the end of the end times. But, but regardless of when you think the end times are, can I put this to you? These are your end times. Because regardless, these are the only times you're going to be alive anyway. So whatever you're running, whatever race you're running, run them now. Run that race now because these are your end times. I, I know they're mine. Genesis 12, we're talking about God moving behind the scenes and running our race and how our race affects everyone else and everything else. And you see in Genesis 12, God talking to Abraham to move out and, and go somewhere new and do something new and expand. And then you see this, we're going to do a little bit of math. We're going to do a little bit of math this morning. Is that okay? Good, because I'm Asian and we like math. <laughs> See, that's the beauty of coming to America. I get to do all these type jokes, and then you all laugh hesitantly. <laughs> love that, love that, love that. One of my favorite part of any service I do, I just watch you guys when I make those jokes. <laughs> okay, I don't know why I'm laughing or what. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. Verse 4, so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him, and Abraham was how old now? 75. So 75 is when the promise was first given to him. Remember that number, Genesis 13. Genesis 13. And verse 10 tells us. Genesis 13, verse 10. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw the plain of Jordan. And so he, 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 he brought someone with him that, that really was just, was just a parasite, really. Did you, know, did you know that the call and the anointing on your life is attractive and it will attract people to you? 
and situations to you. Listen, hey, listen, on a, on a, summer, on a summer night, turn the porch light on outside, and it doesn't just give you light, it also draws bugs to you. You want what the light does, you just don't necessarily want what the bugs do. And the call of God in your life, the favor of God in your life, sometimes will draw some bugs to you. And you need to know the difference, who the bugs are and who, who, who's supposed to be with you, who's supposed to run your race with you. Because I'll tell you this, whatever God called you to, when he called you, there were others called to you also. No one's called alone. And, but, but in this situation, you see that Abraham brought Lot with him, and he ought not to have done that, see. So, so Abraham brought Lot, and Lot's choosing all the good side, he's, he's choosing all the good stuff, and he's, he's, he's choosing what he sees in the natural because that's what people in the natural do. People in the natural, people in the flesh, choose what they see as good. But you, that's not you and me. You and me, we're people of the Spirit. And we don't, just, we don't just go by what we see. We go by what we believe. And what we believe is based on what we hear. So, so look what happened here. Verse 14. And the Lord said to Abraham, to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, can I put to you that sometimes God will speak to you, but certain people have to depart first? Yeah, this is a sad truth in life. Sometimes people have to depart from you before you can hear him clearly, you know. And so, and so, and so uh, the Lord said to Abraham, uh, Abraham, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, north, south, east, west. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could count, could number the dust, then your descendants could, could be numbered. Now, Genesis 13, after Genesis 12, because that's how numbers work. <laughs> Lot had, um, Abraham had already been given the promise but nothing was happening yet. Did you know that it is possible for a promise to be given and yet there needs to be a space of time before manifestation comes? But during this time, notice what God did for him. He gave him a visual aid to lay hold of his promise. So he said, now look out around you and see the land and look around you and See the dirt and look at the stars. And every time you see that, remember that I promise you descendants. And your descendants will be as, as, as great in magnitude as all that you see around you. Surround yourself with things that will remind you of the promises of God. That's part of the reason why coming to church is necessary and important, you know. Genesis 15. I'm moving fast through this. This is a much larger teaching, but I really had in my heart this morning to bring this to you. <laughs> Genesis 15. I want to show you something. So, how old was he when he got the promise now? All right, Genesis 15. And these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing 
I go childless. So there was 12, 13, 14, this is 15 now. And notice how Abraham saw himself. Regardless of the promise, until you see yourself with that promise, you receive what you see, not what is promised. This is why study and meditation of God's Word is of prime importance. Because study and meditation of God's Word, listen now, isn't to bring that promise to birth, it's to renew our mind to that promise. It lifts our, our earthly, natural mind to a higher place in Him so that we see like Him, say like Him, and therefore receive like Him. Amen. Can I put to you that everything in your life that you have now is a result of you seeing it first? And if you don't like what you're seeing, you'll have to see something else before you can say it. Because Abraham was never able to say anything outside of what he saw, regardless of what the promise was. Oh, and here's another thing. By the way, when the promise was given to Abraham, guess what? Abraham. He wasn't standing on Scripture. He had no scripture to stand on. He wasn't, there was no chapter and verse for him to stand on. He was standing based on what he heard by relationship with God. The Bible you have in your laps is not a substitute for a relationship with God. It's an aid. It's a flow. It's a result of a relationship with God. So when you jump into God's Word... It ought not be, well, I read my three chapters this morning. That means nothing. Uh, listen, you would do better if you just read one word and had him speak that one word to you than try and rush through three chapters and hear nothing at all. Might as well be reading the TV guide if you're going to do that. No difference. No relationship will make the Bible come alive to you. Before that, it's just ink on paper. So notice this. Now, please don't take what I just said and throw away all your scriptures that you're standing on, because that's not what I said either. What I said is, what I said is that we have to allow the word to be real. We have to allow the author to be real before those words are real. I think sometimes in the body of Christ, we are too quick to present and say that Jesus is the answer. We keep, we keep shouting out, Jesus is the answer, Jesus is the answer, Jesus is the answer, and most of the time, people don't even know what the question is. <laughs> the answer doesn't mean anything if I don't know what the question is. That's one of the main functions of the Old Testament, by the way. It raises the bar so high, we know we need an answer. That's why the Old Testament is so valid for us, you know. Because it, 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 it shows us God's standard, where it is. And we're like, oh, we need an answer because we're not going to meet that standard, you know. So look at this. Look at, look, look at how he said this. Boy, that, 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 that clock up there must have done that spring one-hour jump in front of me right now. I don't know what happened. Must have, that must have happened just during this service as, as we're speaking. Uh, Lord, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? 
and the heir of my house is Eliezer. So he was, as far as he was concerned, Lord, never mind what you promised. The reality is, I've got nothing. I, I, so that tells me that he was expecting and immediately with the promise of God. Can I put to you that meditation and contemplation and allowing for the seed of the word to cook on the inside of us, it's almost become a lost art in the body of Christ, and that ought not be. That ought not be. Go back to your Bible. Go back to spending time with God. Go back to getting in front of God and saying, Lord, speak to me. I'm not going to rush through and try and read my Bible through in a year, which is a good thing. My boys are doing that. That's, called, that's discipline. But that's not necessarily relationship. So I'm going to read through my Bible in a year, but God, you're going to have to speak to me out of one verse, one word, one something in there. Otherwise, I'd have just wasted my year. Alrighty, Genesis 16. Genesis 16. I am moving as fast as that's that one hour spring forward thing that you all have got going. Genesis 16. I'm giving you an, a very good outline. You'll, you'll be able to catch this in, in a little bit. Genesis 16. And of course, in Genesis 16, uh, you see Hagar and you see Ishmael and, and all of that happened. Ooh, I'm getting a note now. So in Genesis 16, you've got Hagar and all these other characters come in, you know. And uh, by the way, talking about that, you all might not, might not know, but Indonesia is the world's largest Muslim nation, 280 million Muslims. Um, and what you see play out here in Genesis 16, uh, all these, the descendants here are all still alive in the Middle East, and uh, they, 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 they're rich, rich, rich. Oil, money, and all other kind of money, but you can trace it right back here to Genesis 16. Aren't you glad, aren't you glad that even in our mistakes, God can turn around and bring a blessing anyway? Yeah. God's not, God's not. Now, I'm, now again, don't take that to, to say, well, I'm just going to live life however I live life, and, and, and whatever that means, that means. No, 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 no. Part of God's blood, when, when, when Jesus came to set us free, Part of that freedom is that now we have the freedom to choose right. Uh, and so, but, but look at this. We're going to do more math. Come on, look at this. Genesis 16. So, Abraham has Hagar and Ishmael. Last verse. Abraham was, how old now? 86. So, 75 to 86, how many years is that? Uh, you all didn't know the answer, did you? <laughs> 11 years. So 11 years had passed. Think about this now. 11 years had passed. 11 years had passed. 11 years had passed. 11 years had passed. Genesis 17. Let's go there real quick. Genesis 17. But what was he doing for those 11 years though? No, wait a minute. We know that Hagar and Ishmael came about, so we know that. But what else was he doing? He was looking at stars and he was looking at the sand, wasn't he? Right? So he spent 11 years thinking about what God had promised him. The renewal of the mind, Roman tells us, actually, of our makeup, spirit, soul, and body, because that's what Paul tells us we are, and that's how we are made, your spirit, your soul, your body, the body's the part of, of you that's sitting in front of me right now, the spirit's the real you that, that we haven't seen, but is seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, the soul is your will, your emotions, your intellect, your memories, your imaginations, and all of that has to be put through a mind renewal process, yes? yes. 
but that soul part of you is actually the only part you're working on. Because the body will follow whatever the spirit and soul allow it into. Your spirit's already all taken care of because of, of the glorious work of Jesus Christ on the cross. But the soul, uh, that's where the word and the spirit come in because our soul is in a continual school to being renewed to how God thinks. So for all these years, Abraham was having his mind renewed that God promised me something. And because Abraham did not have but the Bible the way you and I have it, God gave him the sand and the stars. So he would look up at night, all those stars, daytime, and, and he would be, all that sand. And he would remember, God had promised me. God had promised me. God had promised me. I'm not seeing anything yet, but God had promised me. God had, I'm not seeing anything yet. The initial process, when you start meditating and getting to God's Word, listen now. The initial process, the initial result of confession, the initial result of declaring God's Word, the initial results um, of standing on God's Word, let me help you with this, doesn't change the situation, it changes you first. Genesis 17. Now, I know this is a good faith church, so we talk a lot about words and confession and, 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 and how the words of our, of our mouth are necessary, right? Genesis 17. When Abraham was how old now? So how old was he when the promise was given? 75 to 99. 24 years. So catch this. Catch this. Because all my life, I grew up thinking this. I grew up with the understanding that Abraham became Abraham, and by calling himself Abraham, he was calling himself the father of many nations. You all heard this before? And how by the words of his mouth, the baby was conceived? But look at this. Mathematically, actually, he spent 24 years thinking, meditating, contemplating the promises of God before, at the age of 99, his words were changed. Did you all see that? You see where I'm going with this? I think sometimes, Brother Hagen talked about how sometimes we rush too fast in to, to confess and pray. Did you know that there ought, we ought to prepare to pray and prepare to confess? That process is called renewing our minds. That process is meditation. That process is contemplation. That process is allowing for the Word of God to soak into us as we soak into it. Look what happened at 99. When Abraham was 99, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you, and you will multiply exceedingly. Then Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall you be called Abraham, but you shall be called Abraham. Uh, we thought that this whole Abraham to Abraham thing happened right quick as soon as God gave the promise. But it wasn't that way. It only happened 24 years after the promise was given. Then what happened? And you know that by the time that by the time he's had, he had his name changed to Abraham, well, Genesis 21, let's go there. 
Now, how old was he when he had name change now? 99. 75 when the promise was given. 99 when his name was changed. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. You found Genesis 21 yet? Genesis 21. 1 to 5. Then the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah, was con uh, for Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. Wait a minute. At the set time at which God had spoken to him, that was 25 years ago, 24 years ago. So maybe that's kind of a clue that his time and our time, not quite the same time. Because as far as God was concerned, when this happened, 25 years, 24 years after, it was the time he spoke to him. And that's why my services go on long. <laughs> Listen to this. Verse 5. I'm almost getting ready to close with this. Because I, I can hear some of your stomachs rumbling already. Look at, look at verse 5. Now, Abraham was 100 years old when his son, Isaac, was born to him. Wait, we need to do a little more math now. He's 100 when the son was born. How old was he when he changed his name? So 99 to, from 99 to 100, how many years is that? Yo, we're real quick with that one, see. How many months... In a year, is there? How many months does it take for a woman to carry a child? Nine. So what's 12 minus 9? So how long was he confessing that I'm the father of many nations? But how long... Was he meditating and thinking about God's word before the three months? We've misplaced what we've, we've misplaced our importance in, in relationship to God's word. We've been, we've been focusing on the confessing part. We should, have been, we should have been focusing on letting the word of God come into us first. So when it comes into us and we speak it, that's when it happens. Three months. Three months. Mathematically, that's Three months. <laughs> Three months. Three months. So he wasn't out there confessing for 24 years. I'm the father of many nations. I'm the father of many nations. That, that did not happen. We need to get back. Because once you get the word on the inside of you, that's when suddenly's happen. That's a demonstration right there of how the Word and the Spirit work together. It takes the Word a little more time to get on the inside of us because you and I live in a world that's always flooding us with more information. That's why the Word tells us that it's the renewing of the mind, the renewing of our soul, not the renewing of our spirits. But as soon as the Word has entrance on the inside of us, it doesn't take the Spirit long at all. Does not, it doesn't take the Spirit long at all to manifest what the Word says. Our fight, if you can call it a fight, our position, our stand, what we're doing on the earth now 
is simply to make way for the utterance of God's Word to find entrance into us. And when we do, when we do, my, 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 when we do, the Spirit will instantly, let's, let's, we've got a little bit, a little bit, Genesis, Genesis, come on, we're already in Genesis, go to Genesis 1, we're going to see this real quick, and I'm going to tell you a couple of quick stories. Ha, ha, ha. Love this, love this, love this. That God's Word, that God's Spirit can take God's Word and in a second turn things right around for me. And the wonderful thing is, I have the privilege of determining how much Word gets on the inside of me. You made a decision this morning when you came out to church to allow for God's Word to have entrance into you. I'm telling you right now. And Romans 10, 17 tells us, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I know that because you heard God's Word this morning, faith is coming to you. We need, I tell pastors all over, we need to start telling our people again that they need, that they need to have faith in the Word. Not just faith from the Word, but faith in the Word. You can trust your Bible. You can trust your Bible. It's historically accurate. It's scientifically accurate. It's spiritually accurate. Look at this now. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Hear carefully what it just said. It just told you that it was dark but the Spirit was hovering over that. You know, we have this miss, uh, we have this, we have this, we have this idea nowadays, you know, that, oh, if God's there, there's always going to be light. Well, here's proof that's not true. You just, you just read it. It was dark, and the Spirit of God was hovering over that. Uh, sometimes I get around, uh, and you've got a great praise and worship team. And, 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 and sometimes I get around and, and people say, oh, all we need is the presence of Jesus. All we need is the presence of Jesus. If, if the presence of Jesus is there, everything's going to be okay. Did you know that's not true? Look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The presence of Jesus was everywhere. Not, everything, not everyone got healed. It isn't the presence of Jesus that heals you. It's your awareness of his presence that does something for you. Because by definition, his presence is everywhere. That's how he's God. If his presence were not everywhere, theologically, he could not be God. And that's what happens. That's what happens when we don't have that understanding that I play a part in that. I've got to acknowledge his presence. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to want it, yearn for it, crave for it, call for it, say, Lord, I don't know the magnitude of your presence, but whatever it is that I can, I can understand and whatever it is that I can comprehend, help me. Give me that at least and then there'll be more. But look at this, look at this. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was. So notice that the Spirit alone did not produce light. But the moment the Word was spoken, the Word and the Spirit came together, and light is. You don't just need the Spirit, 
You need the Word as well. You don't just need the Word, you need the Spirit as well. You need the Word and the Spirit. What's God doing on the earth right now? He's ushering in the Word and the Spirit in the body of Christ like never before. And you and I get to be a part of that generation where the Word and the Spirit flowing together. So here comes the dramatic ending for today's message. I'm going to tell you a demon story. <laughs> I sometimes hesitate to tell people these type stories because they think that these type situations are in third world countries. And that's not true. I see more demons in these parts than I do over there. The difference is that over here, they're sophisticated and they wear suits and pass legislation. It bothers me. And if I had time, I'd tell you all about how this unfolded for me and different things. But it started out really with healing. A healing ministry, and, and that expanded and became uh, a ministry of, and again, I hate, I don't like using the term a ministry of deliverance because we have been delivered from darkness to light. Uh, so so, so, so I, when I use that term, please, please don't think that I'm not saying that everyone has demons and they all need them casting out. That's not what I'm saying. If you are a born-again believer, the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. You don't have a demon in you because the Spirit of God and, 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 and evil spirits, they're not time-sharing you. <laughs> Amen, you know. <gasps> like in the summertime, the Spirit of God has you, and then the rest of the time it's that other. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what we're talking about. Uh, but, but, it, but, it, but it bothers me when I travel around and I see situations where believers try. Listen, you can't medicate demons. You know, my mama dropped me when I was three, so now I kill cats. <laughs> and I, you know, I, and I go to, and I, and I go to, I go to my therapist, and then they tell me I've got this, and they tell me I've got that, and they tell me I've got this, and they tell me I've got that, and so now I, I give it all these pills, and it's all okay. Listen, if you're on pills, take your pills until the doctor lets you go. But I tell you what, you ought to have come to God first. Quit giving in to all this, you know, well, they hurt me when I was young and they rejected me. Yeah, I, I, all of that happens. I understand that. But that's why you need to have your mind renewed. Yes. Well, I'm in counseling. about. If you've been counseling with the same person for 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 years, you've been counseling too long. I, I, I found out with all the, all the people I deal with, I found out you cannot counsel disobedience. So I, I believe in the power of God to set people free, Amen. just like I believe in the power of God to, to heal people. And, and, I, and, and, and again, if you are on medication, if you do need medication, take it. If you are seeing someone, see them. But that ought not be your last resort. Don't, that, ought, that ought not be your only resort. Yes. I think sometimes as pastors, sometimes as pastors, people come to us as a last resort. Right. They've tried everything else and everyone else, and then they're like, well, pastor, you know, doctors say they've got five minutes left. You come pray. Then you go pray, and then they die. And then, then they're like, yeah, pastor prayed, and he died. 
But let me show you how the word in the spirit. And, and, and again, so please, I, I'm going to tell you this, but I don't want you thinking it's there because, because demons manifest culturally. They manifest culturally. Uh, I, was, I was at lunch. This is one and a half, two years ago. And speaking of lunch, we're going to have lunch soon, so hold steady. <laughs> hold steady! Should have brought, I should have brought lunch up, Pastor. I should have brought lunch up. Should have, should have brought it up. Now, now they're all thinking lunch. I'm like, yeah, let's go to lunch. I was at lunch with a, a family from church. Um, and they were telling me about their mother who lived three, four hours outside from where they were. And they said, Pastor, it's really worrying us um, because um, we're getting reports that mom, they can hear her at night. She's having conversations with people that are not in the room. And it's a back and forth conversation, you know, and it's creeping everyone else in the house out. It's just scaring them. Uh, and so, and, and she was getting sick. And she was getting sick, you know. And so they said, they're telling me this at lunch. And at lunch, I saw myself reach into my, reach into my pocket, take out my handkerchief, lay my hands on it, and give it to them. Did you know... Oh, did, did you know that when God speaks, it will be through images? Because all words are images. So you want to watch for the images that come up on the inside of you, like doing prayer and doing meditation when you're studying God's Word. You want to watch for the images that come up on the inside of you because that's God speaking to you. So I saw myself reach out, take a handkerchief, give it to, give it, give it, give it to this family. And I told them, I said, so I did that. We finished our food took it out, laid my hands on it, and said, give this to mama when you go. Because mom knew me, because she'd been to our church, and then she went home. So they, they drove home that night. And this is the next week. They told me this is the next week. The pastor, you will not, we don't know where to start telling you and what happened with this. You know that we had to drive three hours. I was like, yeah, yeah, you drove three hours. I said, well, we drove home. Three hours. Mama comes running out to the door. And she goes, <laughs> she goes, Pastor James gave you something for me and those voices told me last night not to take it from you. <laughs> Made me feel kind of good. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That ought to be all of us. Yeah. I was over there at uh, Pastor Mac and Pastor Lynn's church. This was two years ago. Miss Lynn was in the service when this happened. And of course, we've known each other for the longest time. And so she's seen this happen quite a bit with us. Uh, this was two years ago. I, I'm telling you all this not to entertain you. I don't do missionary stories. Ever. But I do tell you this to let you know that, that number one, these things are real, and number two, all believers have entrance into this at different levels, but we all do. I was over there at the Hammonds Church two years ago, and uh, I, we was praying, and then I suddenly called out, pins, 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 and then nothing else came. I would have liked to end it dramatically, but it didn't happen. 
And I was like, pins? What are, what are pins? What are, what? And one of, the, one of their associate pastors, he yells out, is it acupuncture? And Miss Lin was like, no, he's not talking about that. <laughs> which is true, which is great, because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't talking about that. And nothing else came. Did you know that when you receive something in prayer and then nothing else comes, uh, don't try and add to it? You don't have to try and interpret everything that you hear. You interpret what's written, but not what you hear. In fact, you interpret what you hear by what's written. But that's a whole other message right there. So I called up pins. Nothing happened. I left it that way. Went back to my hotel room, came back to church the next morning. I was going to have breakfast with some of the people. They came running. And they said, Pastor, listen, their office received the email. My office received the email. We actually have the medical records right now. So this guy wrote in the night before. This guy wrote in that morning, actually. He wrote, he wrote in about the night before because the service was in the evening. He said, listen, I was planning to, to go on up to church. Something happened. Got delayed at work. Couldn't go. So I'm sitting at home. I'm watching the live stream. Aren't you glad God can move through cameras? Yes. Aren't you glad that this thing we call the anointing isn't confined to the room we're in? In fact, here's how you know it's real when it can work outside the room you're in. So he said, I was sitting home watching this. I, I saw you call out pins. And as will happen many a time with me, he said, I felt a warmth on my body. I went to bed that night, he said, and when I, when I was in high school, I broke, he broke, I don't remember if it was the right foot or the left foot. He said, I broke something. And in, in the foot that he broke, he had six pins and a plate. And he said, at night, I woke up. I felt like there was something moving in there. He woke up the next morning. And him and his massage therapist's wife were moving around in there. They couldn't find the pins or the plates. It's gone. And they've got the medical records up there because he sent them in. You see, when the word is preached, the spirit is hovering. Because the spirit's main function is to manifest that word. And they work together this way. So the very next time you come to church, not just tonight, but next week, you want to pay attention to the word that's spoken. Because that word that's spoken, that's what the spirit is hovering over. I love the timing of that, too. <laughs> Couldn't have planned it better myself. The Word and the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit. You say, is that all we've got? That's all we need. Give time to God's Word. Give time. Take a verse. John 10.10, 10, if you can't think of anything else, the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus came that James might have life and have it more abundant. Take. Now, here's how you do it. I'm gonna, I'm, my, my iPad is closed. So you know this means my iPad is closed. Here's how you do this. I'm not going to rob you by not telling you how, how this is done. So here's how you do you, 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 get, you get into a quiet place. Pray something. Be quiet. And then that verse, John 10.10. 10. 
Say that to yourself. The thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus came that I might have life and have it more abundantly. And then, remember how I said your soul is your will, your emotions, your mind, your intellect, your memories, your imaginations? Yes, yes, yes? Allow, now, God made your soul, gave you your soul, your mind, your will, so all of that's good. None of it's bad. So allow from your soul to see what that verse just said about you. Remember the sand and the stars? Find you some sand and some stars. And start seeing that. What does an abundant life mean for me? What? Because it's going to mean a different thing for everyone in the room. And let that movie play out. You say, well, that's just vain imagination. It's only a vain imagination if it isn't based on God's Word. If it is based on God's Word, it isn't a vain imagination. It's God painting an imagination for you. You say, well, why do we need to imagine that? Because you're, as you're imagining that, you're holding on to God's Word, and as you're holding on to God's Word, you're meditating His Word. As you're meditating His Word, you're allowing for His Word to find entrance into your life. And the Word and the Spirit. Ah, thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. That the Word and the Spirit. Aha, brafalosa man jengelebe efredesu solian de mafradasa. New businesses, new businesses, new businesses. New businesses, I hear him say, new businesses and new opportunities. Ah, some in here are saying, well, 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 how will it end? How will it end? Uh, Father, I, listen, you don't need faith to finish, you just need faith to start. New businesses. If that's you, stand right where you are. Pastor's going to come. But I'm going to pray over you a blessing real quick. New businesses. If you're believing for a new business, stand right where you are now. Now, now. Quick, 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 quick. Ah, Father, in the name of Jesus. We're asking, we're asking, we're speaking and believing. New, new business. I call them in. Doors and opportunities. Wisdom and favor. To be open to you. To be open to you. To be open to you. That, 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 that over there in Ephesians, that the eyes of your understanding will be, will be, that it literally means flooded with light. So Father, flood with light. Flood with light. Flood with light. Flood with light. New businesses, I call you in. God's in this. He's in this. He's in the business of raising up businesses for the people of God. Ha ha. Someone's wrist. Someone's wrist. A wrist. A wrist. A wrist. Loosening up. Wherever that is and whoever that is, go ahead and move it as you can. You'll find a warmth on that even now. That wrist. That wrist. Wherever it is. Move it. Move it. Move it. You'll be able to. You'll be able to. You'll be able to. It's loosening up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, cooperate with that. If that's you, if that's you with the wrist, go ahead and cooperate with that, wherever else you are, wherever else you may be. So, Father, thank you. 
time's gotten away from us. Father, thank you that you're raising up word and spirit people and word and spirit churches all across this land. So this is the flow of the spirit of God. And yeah, he's raising up word and spirit businesses too. <laughs> favor and favor and favor. The word in spirit. Pastor, you better come. Come, come, come. Pastor. We sometimes limit God by not responding to what he's saying. But there's way more people in here that are believing God for greater businesses <clears throat> for you. Now listen to me. Don't become so narrow-minded in, the, in, the, in regards to what you're doing right now because God really does have greater, greater enrichments for your life. He really does. He has, he has greater things for you. So don't limit him by what you think you don't have, but, li uh, but let it go, trust in him for what he has. Because if he said, remember God, he speaks prophetically. I mean, he, I mean, he spoke prophetically about new businesses, new businesses. So if you're believing God for a new business or greater, greater insight into what you're doing right now so it expands even greater, I want you to stand again. This is, and, 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 and I'll, now go ahead and lift your hands and begin to give God praise that what he said to you, he'll bring to pass. Come on, you got to act on your faith. Now, Father, I pray right now for each and every one that are standing. And God, I give you praise that you set within this body for supernatural provision to fulfill your will in this community, in this state, and in this nation, and in this world. And Father, I call forth, God, you made Abraham rich. I mean, the moment he stepped out to obey you, Genesis 13, Father says, you made him rich. You increased him supernaturally. So, God, come on, give him praise right now. So, God, I, get, I, 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 I speak out. Businesses, you come forth in Jesus' name. By the spirit of the living God, and Father, I thank you, there will be no Ishmael businesses at Faith Family Church, but the Isaacs, birthed by your spirit, God, that they will rejoice as they increase for your glory. And I give you praise, God, that they will always honor you with your tithes and offerings, God, and give you glory for increasing them to build your kingdom. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Now everybody give God a good shout of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 10 o'clock. We also have our midweek service every week on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.